Welcome to the Hillside Community Church Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope this episode encourages you. If you enjoy the listen, let your friends know, and we'll catch you next time. All right, how's everyone doing? Good, good. Well, it's exciting for us to be here today and kind of, like Ken said, do the last message of the decade. Um, and I, I kind of, we kind of decided to do this together, mainly because um, we're talking about stress and worry today, <laughs> and uh, splitting this message with my wife takes stress off of me, you know. So, but it added stress to me. So yeah, it added stress to her, wow, but it's better awesome. for me. Uh, plus, just this past summer, you know, Jill and I had a message we did together on marriage, and we got a lot of feedback that was really good, especially the ladies liked hearing from Jill and her perspective. So we thought we'd do that again today. And we're going to talk about worry today. And it's interesting, um, just the topic of worry and how prevalent it is in our day and age uh, today and getting more and more prevalent. And we want to talk a little bit about that. Um, Let me see here. Is this, do I need to turn it on or it is on? Is it working? Oh yeah, it is. Okay. I didn't see it. Oh, okay. But look at some of the statistics related to worry um, today. We're going to have to turn around and look at this. So some of the statistics is interesting that 77% of our society today experience physical symptoms of stress. In other, word, in other words, three of the four of you out of here in our, in our congregation is stressed out and is starting to show up physically in you. Uh, 33% of people report living with extreme stress. Look at the cost of stress to employers in our day and age. $300 billion a year are stress-related healthcare expenses and missed work in our day and age. And then relating to causing mental illness, uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness said 18% of American adults suffer from an anxiety disorder. 7% of the population struggles with depression. So we see all this happening and we this is very relevant to us. So a lot of times what we talk about is things that we're going through. So Yes, um, we are not worry-free people. I come from a long line of worriers. And because they're great... mom and dad. Are uh, yeah, hi, mom and dad. They're gr- because we're great at worrying, we have some really fabulous prayer warriors in our house. So let me just share a story. I'll share one about my dad. Uh, dad, I got permission from mom. I hope that's okay. Um, <laughs> Growing up, we lived 11 miles outside of Philadelphia, and so whenever we would go into the city, my dad would say, um, we'd, we'd go over the Delaware Memorial Bridge, we'd get over to the city, and my dad would say, okay, lock all the doors, girls duck down, there's crazy people out there. And it was just every single time we went over the bridge. So that's just one story, I won't give any more about my dad. Or but one family. thing about her father is he does... He's such a prayer word. Yes. So he worries, but we're going to talk a little bit But today, he takes today. that to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, God. Thank you, Dad. Um, and so for me, I had some crazy things. And Gail wanted me to tell you, my twin sister, that she doesn't struggle with these things. I don't know why she said that. But um, when I was four, I helped my mom wipe up the, the stove in our kitchen. She probably doesn't remember this. But the dry rag... Um, actually caught on fire and I started a fire in our kitchen and as every parent would tell their children after this happens don't play with fire well that actually took me till I was 28 years old I never lit a match until I was 28 
at my daughter Abby's first birthday, the one on her birthday cake, I lit a match. Isn't that crazy? I know. And then the other thing is, is I was afraid of driving. We lived on a main street. We saw a lot of accidents outside in front of our, our home. And so I didn't get my driver's license until I was 20 and a half. So I said the half because I didn't want to say 21. Yeah. So there you go. But for me, I guess, I worry more about things that could happen. I don't know if that's like you. Um, things that are possible that could happen. Like last week, I got a, a notice in, you know, at the door about I had a certified mail at the post office. So immediately my mind goes to worrying about the worst thing. Oh, somebody's suing me or <laughs> the IRS is after me, you know, or, you know, and it turned out that my car had a, you know, a repossession, not repossession. A recall. That, that would be <laughs> a recall on my car. So those things don't stress me out, but I was going somewhere. And, that, and that's what's interesting is that when you look at Jesus in the scriptures, um, they talked more about a statement, and you'll hear this all the time, about do not fear, be not afraid. In fact, it's stated in the Bible over 300 times for us not to fear. It's, it's one of the most, um, most often used commands in the Bible. Even Jesus, when he gives the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and 6, one of the big sections that he talks about is do not worry. He talks about your basic needs, like what you're going to eat or, or the clothing that you have. But he, he puts that first that a lot of you are probably familiar with is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added onto you. And then he makes a statement at the end, which is really good. It says, and don't worry about tomorrow. Just my, what I just shared is my biggest stress. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough to worry about. And, and today you have enough to be focused on. So you see all of that in the scriptures related to us managing stress us managing worry. And one of the first verses I ever learned as a new believer is 2 Timothy 1.7. Paul's saying to Timothy as a young pastor of the Ephesus church, he says, you know, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. So you look at that verse and you look at, at what God has given us, the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome our fears, um, love to be able to, we'll talk a little bit about that today, about loving others and how that takes away fear and anxiety and a sound mind about how we think. So what we want to look at today is that with a little intention and a lot of perseverance, stress and anxiety actually can be transformed into peace and into purpose and boredom and depression can actually become excitement and, and engagement. So each and every day when I spend time with the Lord, I tell myself the gospel every single day, and I thank him for his abundant grace. God created our bodies to have a rhythm and to have boundaries, and when we stay within those boundaries, we flourish. However, when we get outside of those boundaries, our bodies pay a price, our relationships pay a price, and our purposes and our passions also pay a price. So this fall, we both read this book called um, Rhythms of Renewal, and um, it's by Rebecca Lyons. We also listened to her podcast, and it was really good. And it talks about um, the need, she gives you four rhythms that are up there. And uh, these rhythms are needed in our lives to replace stress and anxiety with life-giving peace and purpose. And the first two of these rhythms are input rhythms and they allow the peace of Christ to fill us. And then the second two are outward rhythms and they help us to engage with the world around us. So we just wanna talk through some of these rhythms to help with stress and anxiety today. 
And, you know, whether you're a Christ follower or whether you're still seeking Christ and have not crossed the line of faith, I think these are all good things, especially as we exit 2019 and think about 2020 and the stress and anxiety in our lives. They're just some good, really good rhythms to think about. So let's look at the first one related to rest. Now, this is really, you know, talking about your spiritual health. So it's an important aspect for us. That spiritual health is very important to us in our morning. In our yes. having a morning routine. So like in the morning, I have a morning routine and a quiet time with God. And what I love to do is I like to journal. And, you know, Jesus talks all about spending time with God before he was making major decisions. And after miracle making moments, Jesus would retreat and he would spend time up in the mountains and in solitude and prayer. So I like to sit down and not have any distractions. For me, I enjoy listening to the Lord as I read his word and then talking to him. And it's, it's transformed my life, spending this time with God. And so when we establish these routines of quiet time in our life and protect them, protect those quiet times, and for us it's in the morning, incredible things happen to our emotional and our mental health. And um, I've discovered a new word. Maybe some of you have heard it before. It's called an ambivert. And we've always talked about introverts and extroverts. And I think if you would meet me on the street, you'd say, oh, she's an extrovert. And I am, but an ambivert is someone who actually has both of them. And so what I'm saying is, is that time, that protected time that I have with Christ, and for me, it's in the morning for you, it might be at night or whatever, um, is it really gives me what I need for my day in order to be who I need for Christ, to be who uh, I need every single day. I have to have that. And if I don't, then it's not a good day. Right? (laughs) So in the morning times, I'll ask myself certain questions. And I put this in my journal. Like I'll say, Lord, where are you leading me today? And what are some new people that you would have for me to speak into today? Is there a situation? Is there something I need to take off of my schedule? Is there something, a commitment that I need to make today? And it puts me in the right frame of mind on how big God is, because he really is a big God and he wants to bear our burdens. And so laying these worries and these anxieties or these joys at his feet is really great. And then if I'm still struggling with something, let's say I'm in the time of my confession and I'm just feeling really overwhelmed with my sin or feeling maybe I'm unloved, there there are some beautiful verses that are in scripture. And um, we're going to put them up there. Um, These I am on who we are in Christ. And so I like to think about these. Yeah, and so, you know, one of the things that helps, helps both of us thinking about our identity in Christ, because in the culture we live in, we are bombarded with false identities. False identities of how many likes you get on a social post, you know, your outward appearance, the car you drive, how much money you make or don't make. Um, we have this whole thing of identity. So one of the things when you can relieve your stress and anxiety is really... Um, just focus and, and meditate on the identity that you have in Christ and who he says you are, not what the world says you are. So one thing we want to do today, just because this is kind of a, a different Sunday for all of us, um, we want to take a few minutes to kind of just meditate on this this morning and have you, maybe you have your Bible and you just want to take your Bible out and look up some of these verses. And during this time of medication, meditation, medication, (laughs) we're not talking about that today. Yeah. Meditation. Um, I don't know if you've heard this song by Lauren Daigle called, um, you are, you say, you say, (laughs) I can't wait till 2020. (laughs) So I'm messing this all up. 
So um, we just want to have some time just for you to meditate and just look at the words of the song and then also think about these scriptures. Maybe you have your Bible, you want to just take them out, but just listen to the song and the words of it and think about my identity is not in what the world tells me. It is in what Christ says I am. So just take some time to think and listen to the song.
feel like we need to pray. Let's stand and pray. Father God, I do. We're standing, Lord, because we're standing on the promises that we've been reading through, the song that we've heard, that our identity is in you, and it is not in what the world says of us. And we're living a culture that we're so judged and we're so stressed out and sometimes have anxiety about what people think of us when we know you say we are loved, we are strong, we, we are cared for. And Lord, we just want to stand on those promises that we've been meditating on, that you and our identity is in you and you alone, no matter what the world says. And we just thank you, Lord, for these promises, and we stand strong on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're not, we're not done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark thought we were done, but we're not. So the next thing, which I'm sure you would know that we would talk about this, is, is our technology. It's very stressful and anxiety-ridden for me a lot of times. And so taking an hour or two a day um, or longer periods of time can really be beneficial. And one of the things that Rebecca talked about in her book was a day she went out. She's a blogger and she does a lot of things. She puts a lot of things on Instagram and Facebook. And she saw this beautiful sunrise. And after she was looking at the sunrise, she said her immediate thought was, oh, I'm going to share this. And she said she felt this little nudge um, from the Lord saying, why do you need to share this? Why can't this just be a time for you and me in in our presence together, me with you? And so... um, then she said, one of, um, so when she saw that on that walk, she said that she heard God saying to her, you are worthy to receive something beautiful from me. You don't have to share it. My worth is not found in approval out there, but in the loving gifts, God, that you offer in the right now. And so that was really good for me to hear. And so I've just been trying something for the last few months when I get home is to not have my phone with me and put it up on the counter and and really not look at it a lot of times in the evening unless I'm expecting a text or a call. And so that's really helped. And even a few months ago, we were out of the country and I, I didn't have my phone. And let me tell you, there was freedom for seven days. I didn't have my phone. I didn't look at anything. I didn't take any pictures by myself. He took some pictures and stuff. But it was really freeing, and I felt a lot more relaxed than I normally do. So just to challenge you that, that, that that's something that has helped me with, with anxiousness. So in each of these rhythms we want to share with you, I um, want to give you some things to reflect on and to think about. So one thing related to this reflection on rest, think and, and meditate on some of these or think about them maybe even this week um, about, you know, where can you carve out 15 to 30 minutes in your daily rhythm to spend time with God and have that time to reflect without any distractions? You know, Jill and I said, you know, we'll explain our rhythm, in the, but ours for that, us is in the mornings to be able to do that and spend that rhythm with God and let him speak to us. Um, second thing is think about taking a break from social media sometime during the day to focus on relationships. Maybe it's dinner time or it's uh, time with your child doing homework or, or it's, you know, just time during the day with your spouse that you're going to set your phones aside and really have some good relational time. And then think about doing a tech fast. Like Jill said for a week, this Rebecca Lyons did it for three months and she said it was just freeing to, to be able to, to have that time. And so, um, you know, um, Ken shared about this January 12th, we're going to have this prayer and praise night. One of the things we want to come out of that maybe is to do some fasting during that week that follows. And so, you know, some of the things to think about is, could I take a tech 
fast for a day and see what that does and really listen to the Lord. So those are just a couple of things as we go through each of these rhythms we want to share with you. Um, the second um, rhythm is called restore. So rest is related to your spiritual health. So restore is related to your physical health. So, you know, what you're putting into your bodies, um, sleep, diet, exercise, um, you know, statistics show now that adults spend 9.3 hours a day sitting. And now scientific studies are showing more and more, more and more, are you standing up? Show, show, show that, you know, exercise produces this happy hormone. So one of the things, you know, we're trying to get more conscious of is trying to have, especially sleep-wise, sleep a routine of trying to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. So getting into that routine for our bodies. Um, just to have that routine. I told you about, I'm trying to get into a more of a workout to do something physical. So, you know, my morning kind of time now is I get up pretty early at 5, 5.30 in the morning, go to my office and do a few things. But then I'm trying to get really diligent and disciplined about 6.30, 6.45. I step out of my office, go into the kitchen and have my quiet time, just my time with the Lord. And then I'm trying to say by 7.30, I want to head to the gym and get some time to be away and work out listen to some podcasts, but then also leave my phone and, and stuff in the locker room. And so I have some time just to, to, to think and to rest and to have God speak to me. But that's been a good routine. So one of the things is just thinking about that routine and trying to get that. Plus just play. So, you know, I like doing activities sports-wise. So some guys in the church here, we get together periodically and just play basketball. And that's really restoring to my soul. That rhythm of getting together, it has you know some community aspect, we get to hang out, but then that cardio and just everything with that has really been helpful to me. So it's just important to kind of get those routines uh, in your daily life. And then, yeah, the one thing I wanted to say, Pastor Daniel talked about this about a week or, or a year or so ago, about the importance of like taking a Sabbath. Like in our day and age now, and I'm the worst at this, um, is being able to take a Sabbath and really take a day that I'm just not working or not doing something. Um, so that's an important aspect of being able to step back and look at your life and do you really take a Sabbath? The Sabbath was given to, for us to rejuvenate and restore ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I like to take walks. And um, a lot of times I'll listen to podcasts or music, just getting in the green space and stuff like that, breathing in fresh air. And that's really rejuvenating. And like Dave, I would listen to podcasts and music. But even God showed me about six months ago, I was about a mile away from our home and my phone died. And the first thing that came into my mind was, oh no, what am I going to do for this last mile? And I thought, okay, I'm really addicted then to podcasts and music. I need to just be able to walk and enjoy God's creation. So um, just thinking about those reflections, we can look up here, just some questions for yourself, maybe to think about. Um, commit to making sleep a priority. Create a bedtime routine to get an average of at least seven hours of sleep. How might practicing a Sabbath be beneficial for you and your family? When was the last time you took an intentional break from work to play? Do you have any times of play scheduled in the next week? Sometimes we have to schedule it. We all know our diets could be better. I love chocolate. Dave loves Whataburger. I did not give him any gift yeah. cards for Whataburger for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but what's one change you could make to create healthier patterns of eating? And what rhythm of walking or exercise can you incorporate in your week? So not to stress you out. These are not to stress us out. These are to help us with our anxiety. So don't let these questions stress you. <laughs> yeah, so the first two rhythms are, are kind of input. Your rest and rest restore. 
Now let's look at the last two. And the first one that related to out, and this is kind of an output rhythm, and that is the word connect. And this is your relational health. health. And so, and that is related to like friendships and community. If you've been in Hillside at all for very long, we talk about the importance of community in your life and having close brothers and, and, and for me and for Jill, close sisters that she can uh, be vulnerable with, but also just hang and do life and, and do fun things. So one of the best things for us this past fall was just joining a life group. And, you know, we've been in different life groups and leading a life group, but it was just nice this semester. We actually jo- joined Stephen Lynetta's life group. It was on a Saturday night, so it was easy for us. And just being able to build those relationships with people and have a good time with them, yet um, learn those four values we did in the life-giving study related, you know, it was just, it was warming for us. It was a connection. And so when you look at stress and anxiety in your life, you need people around you to really connect with you. Um, actually, they say 27% of people say they don't have a close friend. So that, that's a great place to find a close friend is in, in a life group. Also, hospitality. And a lot of us have just come through Christmas and it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. A lot of us feel like we have to be Marie Kondo, the art of tidying up. And who is, really? I mean, no one has the perfect house and all the perfect foods and everything perfect all the time. And I think a lot of times that makes us not invite people over. But we just came back from Honduras um, a few weeks ago on our mission trip. And of course, when we go, we visit some of the well, they are the poorest neighborhoods in Don Lee. Matter of fact, this one neighborhood has a cesspool right in front of it, the size of about six Olympic-sized pools. So it is not a beautiful area. But what was amazing is we were walking around with a lot of the students from Amato Eterno Church. There were, there were like 10 of us in each little group. And as we came to these little homes, uh, the people stood there and they said, entra danara, which means come on in, you're welcome. And so we would walk into these rooms and there, many of the, the homes had not a single piece of furniture in them. They weren't offering us any water. But did I feel welcome and did I feel like I belonged? Yes, and it was beautiful. And so to me, that's something that can bring a lot of stress relief and anxiety is to just connect in our homes more. And then of course the connection. And for those of you that are married, I mean, your marriage, your spouse relationship is so important. And like we kind of talked about this summer, you know, that connection has to be, uh, and I think more of a rhythm in your life is, is your relationship with your spouse. So even dynamic marriage, you know, that we offer here at Hillside, one of the things that a lot of the couples just say was life transforming for their marriage was just that they made a commitment and developed a rhythm of just praying together before they left in the mornings. I mean, and so, you know, that's something Jill and I try to practice. We're we're trying to get out the door, but we say, hey, let's stop and pray for our day, pray for each other, pray for our kids, and just have that time to pray. So you need to develop those rhythms with your relationship. And then, you know, as, you know, day goes on, having time at the end of the day where you download how your day was, you know, and, and, and connect there. So you got to have some rhythms. For us, it's a lot of times taking walks in the evening, being able to then talk about our day and what happened. You know, but being able to develop for you young couples, I mean, it's important to start developing those date nights Mm -hmm. and those times where you say we need to get out and maybe it's weekly, maybe it's every other week. You know, you want to develop those rhythms of having date nights as a couple. So you really focus on yourselves and your relationship rather than all your kids and everything like that. And then for us at the stage of life we're at right now is just getaways. I mean, for us really being able to unplug and, and, and 
release some stress and anxiety. It's good for us now to get away, get out of town, go somewhere, and just have time for us. So that's just some things related to marriage that are so important for you. And also with marriage, I know sometimes people have arguments and things like that, and forgiveness is really important. And in our connections and our relationships, and I know some of us, before we had our holiday get-togethers, some people were anxious about being with family, certain family members or whatever. And so that is one of those things that Christ talks an awful lot about in the New Testament, about forgiveness and being able to apologize because he understands that that causes a lot of anxiety. So broken relationships, if there's a broken relationship in your life, to ask the Lord and seek the Lord about that for forgiveness because a lot of times that can cause a lot of anxiety in our lives. And even just a couple weeks ago, I remember Dave and I have this thing where, you know, you don't go to bed mad because scripture talks about that and there's a reason why. And right before we went to bed, I don't even remember what we had a disagreement about, but we did and we didn't really get it settled before we went to bed. And so I went to bed and I think I dreamt about it all night. And he wakes up earlier than I do. And I walked into his office at 5 a.m. And it was just, I was overwhelmed with, Dave, I'm really sorry about last night. And he was like, yeah, me too. And so that can cause anxiety too in your marriage or in other relationships. So Yeah, so here's a couple things to think about when you think about getting a rhythm of connection in your life. So one is, and we talk about this all the time, Ken talked about that Go Discover class on January 5th. One of the purposes of that is just helping you get into a group and how important that is, a group of friends that you can laugh, cry, and share, you know, even your darkest and saddest moments and be vulnerable with, you know, develop that. So you can get in a life group here. We have hope groups if you're going through a particular tough time. And so we have hope groups for guys and hope groups for ladies. We have D groups if you really want to grow in your faith. But the important thing is, is to get in a group and be vulnerable with them. Um, what, second point is just that hospitality. When was the last time you opened your home to friends or family or to neighbors? Um, if married, you have that daily and weekly connection times and planned getaways. So it's good things to think about and talk about in your marriage. Um, and then lastly, what Jill was talking about, is there anyone you're refusing to forgive even though they've apologized for wrong? Maybe you need to give forgiveness or accept forgiveness from someone. So just some things to think about related to that connection. Uh, and then the last um, uh, kind of rhythm in your life is the word create. And, um, you know, I spoke on this maybe a year or so ago, but finding your purpose and, and um, being able to look at what burdens you and how you can look at how it can benefit someone else. So I ask, have you think about all that? What, what burdens you? What makes your heart heavy? What makes you cry when you see something happening in the world or in our community? And then taking that burden and, and doing something to benefit others with it. And so it's, it's just related to taking your focus off yourself and looking and, and, and caring for others. It's amazing how that takes away stress and anxiety when you when you don't look at yourself. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's gifted each and every one of us with things that he wants us to use to um, glorify him in the church and in the world with that. Um, There's this guy named Viktor Frankl that was a Jewish psychiatrist and he survived um, three concentration camps in four years. And he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And he found that the meaning in life was to help other people find the meaning in theirs. And I loved that when I read that about Um, Victor Frankel's life, because I feel that as being here a part of this great church and being a part of the women's ministry, being able to uh, discover and help people discover what they're gifted at and, and then plugging them in. And he even said that anxiety flows 
when you don't have meaning and purpose. And Christ talks all about that, having purpose in our lives and doing things. Um, you know, busyness can distract us from focusing on the dreams that the Lord has given us. And he really wants us to take responsibility for, for those dreams. Um, I have a few stories, just some of the ladies that, that I get to walk alongside with here at church. Hilda, who works at Heritage House. Last week, a group of the ladies were over there for Nana's Nails and praying over the ladies. And one of the ladies in that group has a gift of sewing. And she made lap blankets, and she made 10 of them because there are 10 people over at Heritage House that never have anyone visit them. And so we have these beautiful pictures of these people holding their blankets because they were loved and cared for by some lady that was sewing in her home. Also, we have a lady in our church, Kelly, who likes to crochet hats, and she's given them to Union Gospel Mission for the homeless, and then also for our seeds ministry here. And then Brittany, if you um, go to Zumba, you'll see that she has a passion. She has a passion and a joy for um, praising God in Zumba. And she likes to watch the ladies get really healthy. And so, you know, think about what you have in, that the Lord's given you. Because Mark Twain made this quote. He says, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. And as Christ followers, you understand when you give your life to Christ, you have a bigger purpose and a biggest, bigger uh, you know, focus in your life to, to um, give back to what, because of what Christ has done for you. And so I think as you think about this, you know, for me in this stage of my life that I'm in, I think I shared this last time, it's just you know, spending time with younger guys and younger leaders in our church. To, to just see them flourish. And then, you know, now, um, you know, we're getting more and more in developing this um, sponsorship program for children that we started in Honduras called Empowering Education International. And you see oh, 300, more than 300 kids sponsored there. Now we're starting to think about, you know, taking that to other American churches and, and don't go to Uganda now. So that's just something that, you know, my heart just starts thumping because of that and the ability to help young families connect American young families with international families and seeing the growth, not just educationally, but spiritually. So we just want to encourage you as you think about this. And and also making memories as parents, you know, our first obligation and responsibility is to our children. And so just making uh, memories like over Christmas, having those fun things that you do. And like we made a new memory this year. We went out in one of those little buses that our son-in-law was able to get us from his car dealership. And we looked at Christmas lights in Dallas and drank hot chocolate and ate cookies. And so that was a great memory. And so building those things lessens anxiety and stress, and it builds into um, your families and kingdom stuff too. So a couple things to just think about when you think about, you know, think about as you, what really are you passionate about? What breaks your heart when you see something happening in our community, in our world? And then what is something that God has prompted you to do to bless others? And how can you take that next step to get involved and do something like that? So just be thinking about that, because again, if you focus on others rather than yourself, it just helps relieve that stress and anxiety. Um, So as you think of this coming year, um, what rhythms do you need that can really help you reduce the stress and anxiety of your life? Did you look at this? Yeah, I just did this. Okay, sorry. Um, So also, we don't want to downplay some of the stresses in your life because you might be going through something, you know, really hard that of course we don't know, or maybe we have been a part of that. But Philippians 4, 6, and 7, I love these verses, be anxious for nothing, but in everything 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I love that verse because it really does tell us where we should go. So today... um, Yeah, today we just wanted to give you the opportunity before we close is just to have a time of prayer for for you. And Jill wants to pray over the ladies and I'll pray over the guys. Um, But if you're dealing with something right now, maybe it's a a physical issue or a financial issue or a job issue or whatever, and you would like prayer, we would like to pray for you just in this time before we close the service. So if you have something like that, does anybody have something like that that we could all just kind of pray for? Does anybody want to stand up and and acknowledge they could use prayer today? Anyone? Yeah? Okay. Anyone else? Because we do want to, as the body of Christ, lift you up in prayer. Anyone else? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone else? And maybe you see someone standing that you know, and maybe after the service or or a time you want to encourage and strengthen them and just pray for them as well if you know them and you want to go up and and pray for them. Anybody else? All right, let's all stand. And Jill's going to pray over the ladies that have stood, and and I'm going to pray over the guys, okay? Dear Jesus, these women are loved by you. And Lord, we know that you want us to cast our cares on you, that you care about every little thing, Father, the big things and the small things. I just pray for, if there's any woman in here that has a loss of a job or her health is is going through some major changes or maybe a family member or maybe there's some lack of forgiveness or connection going on in their family or with their child. Lord Jesus, we know that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, we thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And you did that because you love us and you love each and every woman here today. So I just pray for each and every care and burden on on these ladies, Jesus. And we leave them at your feet. In your name we pray, Jesus. And Lord, I just want to pray for the guys that stood and you know, whatever situation they are going through, Lord, we know that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world, that you, Lord, have conquered death and have conquered Satan. And we just pray, Lord, for them, uh, whatever they're going through, whether it's a job situation or a financial situation or a health issue, Lord, I just pray for these men that have stood up, that you'll just have them um, make sure that they know that they're loved, Lord, and that you are there for them and that they can trust you uh, and that we as a body of Christ are here to support and care for them um, in, our, in our community. And so I just pray, Lord, for a special touch on them, that they'll feel your encouragement, that they know that you never leave us nor forsake us, and they can trust you, that you are faithful to lead and guide and direct them. And we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the one other part that's in that verse of Philippians 6 and 7, 4, 6 and 7 is, be not anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And there's an interesting word in there called with thanksgiving. And you think about all the things I'm anxious about and the things I'm worrying about. Paul says in Philippians that we should, with thanksgiving, take those to the Lord in prayer. And so why we do that, Paul's trying to say, if, if, if we're doing that, we must be thankful for where and look at God as how he's been faithful and that we can praise him even though what we're going through at the time and we you know need to pray and and ask people to pray for us and maybe get some of those rhythms in our life we can always trust God because he is faithful and we can thank and praise him because he's been faithful in the past and that's what will get us through this time too 
So we just wanted to kind of close the service just with a praise song that our, our worship team is going to lead us through. And I hope as you heard this morning, maybe there's some rhythms you need to do in this new year. It's hard to believe it's 2020. It sounds like a sci-fi film. Yeah, or it's just like, but, but maybe there's some rhythms you need to do and, and just decrease that stress and really rely on the Lord, but also be thankful for where he's brought into the kingdom. So let me pray and we'll close. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Just the opportunity to get together and celebrate and worship and praise you, Lord, because you are faithful and we can trust you that no matter what we're going through, you have a plan and a purpose. And Lord, just pray as we think about some of these rhythms we talked about of, of rest and restoration and connection and and just, Lord, um, being able to be used by you to impact the kingdom of God, Lord, I just pray that you would guide us and lead us as we enter this new year to really have an impact for the kingdom. And I just thank you for our time. Pray, again, a blessing on everyone here in this new year. And I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.